Mindfulness Mode 522. You know, the inner critic is the part within that takes us away from being present. It's always talking about the past or the future. Welcome to Mindfulness Mode. So good to have you with us, Mindful Tribe. As you and I both move through being locked down and shut in with COVID-19, I'm wondering if you've ever thought of launching your own podcast. It's a great way to communicate with the world and, and you can put your ideas out there and connect with people and you can totally do it from your own home. Your new podcast will, though, have to live somewhere, and Podbean is an excellent place for that. It's an excellent host. That's where Mindfulness Mode lives. And Podbean has been around for 10 years or so, and the pricing is so competitive. It's $9 a month no matter how much content you upload, and they have great stats as well. You can help support Mindfulness Mode, and you'll get a month of free hosting with my affiliate link. So go to podbean.com slash podbeanmm, standing for mindfulness mode. Now today on the show, we're talking about mindset and being determined to take control of your life. This world is changing so fast and we all need to be moving with it as much as we possibly can. And we want to be accomplishing goals that make sense for this time in history. Well, my guest today is all about helping people take action and be under control. So I hope you like the show. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's interview. Hey, Mindful Tribe. I think today's interview will be something that really is connected to a lot of our hopes and wishes and desires. It's about it's about mindset. It's about being present. It's about being still and uh, just understanding how we can control our habits and our thoughts. Today, I have Georgia with me. I have Georgia Foster. Georgia, are you in mindfulness mode today? I am very much so. That's wonderful. I love it. I love being I love being in that moment. Yeah, me too. Georgia Foster is a world leading therapist and she specializes in overdrinking behavior as well as anxiety and self-esteem and other issues too, but she has courses called Drink Less and her Drink Less courses have a very high success rate of 95% of attendees report reduced alcohol consumption. So that is incredibly high. And she also has a new book where she shares the secrets of her success. And we'll talk about how she does this and what this is all about as we get into this interview. But first of all, let's talk about mindfulness and what does mindfulness mean to you? Well, for me, it's it obviously is about being present, but there are many different ways of doing that. One of the things I have triplet boys So when I had my children, I had my children when I was 46, and obviously being in the moment was very important for me because I didn't expect to go on that journey. And for for all the times when I'm rushing here or doing that, it's like, I just want to be present with my children, forget about my work and, and my outside life. So that's one way I like being present. And another way I really love being present is with hypnosis. I'm very pro believer in hypnosis. For me, that, you know, I'd love if we have time to talk about the psychology training and the different personality traits that drive us out of being in the moment. But we do know that when we're in that space, 
we're not so scared, we're not so fretful about life. So for me, it's very important to be in the moment and be in that mindfulness space. And swimming does it for me too. I'm a swimmer. Uh-huh. So I love getting in the pool and I go into that lovely meditative state. And I just feel so much better when I get out of the pool. Ah, that's wonderful. Well, let's talk about how we move away from that state of being present, because that does happen in our society and in our lives. Well, I believe that we're all made up of many parts or sub-personalities. And there's one particular personality trait called the inner critic. And the inner critic is the part that says, why did you say that yesterday to that person? Or why did you drink so much last night? Or, you know, you haven't got enough in your pension plan. Um, everybody else is going to retire more than, you know, sooner than you. You know, the inner critic is the part within that takes us away from being present. It's always talking about the past or the future. Now, we know, I mean, the neuroscientists who um, understand the power of hypnosis is that when we're in that state, we are in a vulnerability state. And when you feel vulnerable, you know, you feel anxious, you want to overeat or overdrink or, you know, make bad decisions, all of those things. So we do know that the inner critic is the part of the mind that does forewarn us about something catastrophic may happen, but it only is based on stories. It's not based on truth. So one of the ways I love to work with people is if you want to be present if you want to understand that nobody has a crystal ball, including the inner critic, being present is one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself. And part of my work, um, you know, I say to people, uh, you know, if you're not a drinker, you know, just having that sense of self-worth, you know, have a self-esteem program talking about you can't, you can plan for your future positively, but to listen to the inner critic will mean that you will be scared about making decisions. You'll be scared about making change. And we know that we only progress through making change, whether it's, you know, situations we create or whether they are created for us. So being in, a, in the present means that you are trusting more in intuition to get things done rather than you constantly having to think about doing it. Well, let's talk about your drink less program and how this works. Because, you know, I usually hear about programs where, you know, you stop drinking or you quit drinking entirely. Tell us the thinking behind your teachings. Yeah, well, I had a clinic in London for 22 years and I had quite a lot of corporate clients and they were coming to see me with stress, anxiety, sleep issues. And then they said to me, Georgia, mm, I think I drink a bit too much. And I'm like, well, yeah, we do know that, you know, there are many people out there. I mean, one in six Americans actually binge drink. So, and, and I'm talking about people who are fully functioning, parents, retirees, um, very successful people. We're not talking part benches here. Right. And, and I think what's important to note that the type of drinking I'm talking about is not about people who need to go to AA. Right. So we're talking about there's a very big middle ground of drinkers who are drinking in the home. It goes under the radar of statistics. Um, and these people know that they drink too much, but they don't know how to reduce. So what we know is that the mind is adaptable to change if you give it the right resources Mm -hmm. and hypnosis, which is the same as meditation. It's the same brainwave activity is a great way to 
train the mind to tune out of that inner critic because the inner critic is the part that drives us to drink. And what we know about alcohol is that alcohol produces dopamine. So people aren't getting addicted to the alcohol, they're getting addicted to the dopamine Uh that alcohol produces in the brain. So what I'm saying is, you know, if you are worried, I can assure you that you have a mind that can make that change. And if you use, you know, a lot of people have really crazy busy work lives and then they come home and they're just bored and they drink because they're just bored because we know when we're bored, we think negatively. Right. Um, So, you know, when we drink, the inner critic goes away. So people are are feeling that sense of reprieve from negative thinking, stresses and strains and say, oh, everything's fine now. But the morning comes and then all of a sudden the inner critic's back and life's back and people go, oh, I really feel like I need to have a drink. And they won't necessarily have a drink then, but that stirring through the day will start. It's very difficult for people who are worried about their drinking to have alcohol-free days, for example. So I help people train their mind and body to be calmer before they drink, to deal with whatever's going on in their lives before they drink. So they don't need to drink to get that space. And that's exactly part of being in the mindful space. That's why it's great to, to meet you because my, my you know, audience need to train their mind to be in a space that's nothing to do with alcohol first. Right. And do the same concepts apply to cannabis use? It's the same thing. It's about, it's about escaping. Yeah. It's, it could be food. I mean, sure. you know, we know sugar produces dopamine. Um, they all have their neural pathway connections. And I think that's the point is that we know that we uh, are neural pathways. We, we're born with the same amount, but some of them are very worn. Some are very well walked. And if you, you know, have a drink issue or a drug issue or a food issue, guarantee that your mind has habitually trained itself when you feel any little niggle or tickle of fear or self-doubt, your mind will say, oh, get me the drugs, get me the food, get me the booze. What I'm saying is you can change that brain connection, that neural pathway to go to a healthier one. I know the process is very easy. You have some short questionnaires and tick boxes. Tell us about that, how we get into the program. Yeah. Well, the program is a seven day. Um, you can, you can listen to all of the audios before the seven days, but I go through a process of, you know, understanding neuroplasticity, which is that the brain can change. And I, when I first trained in hypnosis, um, what I, it was a little bit kind of hocus pocus, Mm -hmm. but now there is a real science behind it as with meditation as well, because as I said, it's the same brain wave activity. And what we know about hypnosis stroke meditation is you go to the really go into the prefrontal cortex, that part of the brain that stimulates serotonin, melatonin, um, dopamine naturally, and and all those lovely oxytocin, all those beautiful chemicals that stimulate our authenticity, um, our creativity, our um, great problem solving from a genuine place rather than a, a frenetic place. So. Through that first day of the, of the program, it's about understanding the power of the mind and hypnosis. And then we go into the different personality traits, such as the inner critic. And then there's the perfectionist, which is the all or nothing drinker, either binge drinking or just abstaining because they don't trust themselves with alcohol. 
And that's a very big demographic of people, high achievers, um, very good at maintaining a perfect life, mm-hmm. but then they drink to stop being perfect. Uh-huh. And they drink quickly and they drink to oblivion. So they often don't have any memory of what they said the night before. And then they chastise themselves so badly that they tend to not drink for maybe all week or maybe months. And then all of a sudden they just have to have a drink again. So I help those perfectionist drinkers get themselves into that balanced drinking state. Can you share, Georgia, with us an example of someone that you've worked with whose life was just changed because of because of your training? Oh, gosh, absolutely. Um, I think uh, one of the particular personality traits is the pleaser, which is the nurturer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember one well, one of my clients who is very happy to um, to talk about her situation is she was in a, a very big corporate world and she came to see me about she wanted to lose weight and she was getting her calories from a lot of wine. And she was one of those, you know, lovely, vibrant girls in the office and her boss was a very big drinker. Mm. So he used to take her out and they were legally, because it was her boss and he was very high up in the company, um, would just, you know, just throw lots of alcohol her way. And so her her husband was saying, you know, come on, this isn't, you know, you, you're, you're coming home, you're, you're drunk a lot and this is not great. You know, we want to have a life together. And, but she was very much wanting to get on in the corporate world. So when she came to see me, I said to her, look, we need to train you to become assertive and proactive and be honorable to your own health and well-being. Because even though you really want this job and you really want to get on in this company, ultimately your boss is being a little bit of a bully. because he's hiding his drinking issues because he knows you'll say yes. So she kindly um, went to, she, a lot of journalists say to me, Georgia, can I talk about your program? Um, And she kindly put her name to a very big newspaper in Britain. And um, she had left the company by this stage and her and her husband had moved to France. And he she didn't mention company names in the article. She didn't mention about anything about from herself in the city, working in the city of London. And he then emailed her and said, I'm going to make sure that you never get a job in London ever, ever again. Oh wow! And she was just devastated. She was just devastated. And she called me and she said to me, Georgia, I'm so sorry. I believe in your work. It's changed my life. I really want to help you with some media. And I said, look, that's fine. You don't need to do it. You know, you do what's right for you. But ultimately, this man who was bullying her actually did lose his job because of his own, it all became obvious to the company that he had a big drinking issue. Right. So I think I think a lot of people who are pleasers can get involved in some not healthy drinking situations because pleasers have an issue about being rejected or not loved. So they, And that can be about a, a piece of cake or, or attracting a bad relationship. So part of what we did together was to honour who she is and that if she and her husband really wanted to have a life, she needed to be more assertive with herself and with people that she wasn't a pushover, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, George, I wanted to ask you, do you meditate yourself? And if you do, what does it look like? Is it silent? Is it guided meditation? Is it daily? 
I don't do it daily because of my children, but I do definitely three or four times a week. I do meditation, which I call hypnosis. It's the same thing. Um, I use the Calm app. Yes. I, I, I'm a believer in the Calm app. Um, I love the, the um, nature music. Um, I lived in Maine many years ago mm-hmm. when I was in my 20s, um, and I worked in a health retreat mm-hmm. for some time. And I remember the loons and I just love music with the loons in the, in the background. Um, I love water and a bit of music. I love all that kind of thing. So I love the relaxation meditation music, but I, I just love being with nature. So for me, I will just put on one of those tracks. Um, I have my own music that I've had produced for me. And then my hypnosis is very much about um, when I want to go into the future I, I train my mind if I have to do any public speaking or I've got to go and run with a big seminar. Um, I keep my inner critic in check. So the way I do that is I do hypnosis and think positively into the future and plan and strategize positive outcomes. That's what I do. Right. Oh, that's awesome. Now, I want to ask you a question about bullying because I've worked in that field for quite some time. Uh, do you have a story that you can share with us about bullying where mindfulness would have made a difference? For me personally? It could be you personally. It could be someone in your family or it could be someone you know. Any story you're comfortable sharing? Well, I myself used to be overweight and when my 20s, I was a, the reason why I specialize in alcohol reduction is because I had very low self-esteem and high anxiety, very big social anxiety. And my best friend was a model, very famous model in her day. And she had people like Rod Stewart chasing her. I mean, she was very, very popular. And I remember never feeling good enough and often being feeling less than other people. Mm-hmm. And then my best friend and her friends, we used to be Three of them were roommates. They were all models on, you know, the Price is Right show yes. where you, the washing machine and everything. Yeah. So three of my roommates lived, worked on this show. Oh. And one day we had a very big party. We had a massive balcony overlooking the beach. And a lot of the male models came to celebrate. I can't remember what the celebration was about. And I was just so worried about what I was going to wear because I was overweight and it was a really hot day. And I had on a jacket and I was really sweating, but I was too scared to show my body. And one of the models said to me, oh, Georgia, you'd be, you'd be quite nice and attractive if you lost a bit of weight. And I was just like so horrified. Mm. And that was my journey, I think, of, of changing. And so when I decided to find out who I was, I realized that through my life, you know, covertly, I had attracted people who were aesthetically better. I mean, my best friend is still my best friend. Don't worry. She's a beautiful, beautiful person. And these people are still my friends, but it's more the fact that I realized that being a pleaser, I attracted a lot of people in relationships. One of the things I felt very passionate about early on was I was attracting unhealthy relationships and I was in relationships that were not good for my self-esteem. You know, I was never good enough, blonde enough, tall enough, earned enough money. So I had to change that mindset. I had to do that. And hypnosis allowed me to do that. So I feel very strongly about helping women um, improve their self-esteem to stop attracting unhealthy relationships from my own experiences. Right. And more can be found about that at Georgia Foster 
Foster.com. That's your website, G-E-O-R-G-I-A, Foster, F-O-S-T-E-R, GeorgiaFoster.com. Check it out. And that's where you can learn more about the seven days to drink less as well. So as we move forward in the interview, Georgia, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. And the first one is this, who is one person who has influenced mindfulness in your life? Oh, wow. I think it would, would have to be my mother uh-huh. because she is, she, my mom is um, 81 and she is a yoga guru. She's a very mindful person. She really taught me um, how to not worry so much about the future. So it's got to be on my mom, without a doubt. Ah, very nice. How has mindfulness affected your emotions? Well, I think I'd be a bit of a basket case now if I didn't <laughs> hadn't discovered it. It changed my relationship with me, alcohol, food, um, my love relationships, um, my friendships. Um, it, it, it's just been a domino effect through, through my entire lifetime. Well, let's talk about breathing. T- tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness practice. Well, I have a program called the Emotional Resilience Training, uh-huh. and my sister is a Kundalini yoga teacher, uh-huh. and she does some breath work in there. And for me, well, we know that if you shallow breathe, you're anxious, but yeah. if you breathe in a certain way, you will be naturally producing the right chemicals to feel calm. So, you know, one of my, my ways of doing that is to deep belly breathe and hold and count for five and release and repeat that. And that you know, regulates the central nervous system. And I know when I'm feeling anxious because that's the first sign is that you're not breathing correctly. So it's one of my big strengths is working with my breath. I also want to ask you about a book. Could you recommend a book that's related to mindfulness? The one that I love, although I have to say sometimes it's hard for me to read it because it was very intense, was The Power of Now. I mean, for me, that was a really profound book. Um, because we have to be re-reminded on a daily basis, even an hourly basis, about we always think, I mean, we have to think about the future a lot. I understand that. But we, I think we think about it way too much. So that was a that was a big eye-opener for me. Right. So you still do a lot of programs and a lot of teaching in London and in England, don't you? I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, so I'm in the UK regularly. Do you do events? Like, do you do live events as well? I do. We do emotional resilience training, my sister and I. And my regular seminar is The Drinkless Mind, which, I mean, London's still my professional hub. I'm spending a bit more time in the US now. I'd love to come to Canada. Yes. But, you know, the drinking thing is still the thing I'm known for. And so London is still the place where I run a regular seminar. I'm there twice a year running my Drinkless Mind seminar. And it is kind of what I, as I said, it's what I'm known for. But, you know, equally, one of the things I'm very passionate about now, I've just developed a self-esteem anxiety reduction program for children because we need to help our, our children, especially with the social media issues that are going on. I'm a very firm believer in no phones, no TV kind of thing going on in our house through the week. And I just want our children to have that sense of mindfulness, being more in nature, you know, going for those regular work, you know, walks and not being so hemmed into what the world thinks of me. So that's my new, my new baby I'm developing at the moment, which I'm getting great feedback from. Oh, that's wonderful. How old are your triplets now? They're seven. Oh, they're seven. And so as they get a little bit older, how will you move forward with them to re- keep 
the amount of, say, online games and social media and all that kind of thing under control? Well, we have very strict rules. We do nothing during the week. Even occasionally, if something happens, you know, a friend comes over and we decide we want to have a dinner and have some wine, because I do drink, by the way. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, sometimes we might give them a little treat. But I think, you know, we're seeing it very, very clearly. I have one son in particular who is obsessed with my phone. I'm like, no, 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 you're not going to go on the phone. And the other two are not so fast. I think it depends on the personality trait as well. Yeah, I think so. But you can see the addiction really comes start so early. Yes. And and I so, you know, I always say to people, you know, the mums at the school gates, you know, we just have a strict rule, nothing during the week. So on the weekends, it's a bit of a treat. On school holiday time, it's fine. But those five days when they're not watching TV, I mean, we, sometimes we'll put on a nature document, you know, documentary you know, in the evenings, but during the week, but generally nothing like that because and within five minutes, they find something else to do. And do they Just play outside them. quite a bit? Oh yeah. Yeah. We have a big tree outside our house with a swing on it uh-huh. and we have lots of parks. We live five minutes from the beach. We're very much about getting them out, you know, whether yeah. it's raining or not, you know, yeah. when somebody, I mean, I understand sometimes there are a lot of good things on TV. True. Don't get me wrong. But I think making those choices and not being a lazy parent is really challenging. Being a lazy parent is easy, but long-term bad decision. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so easy to just let children be in front of a video game for hours because those games are designed to pull them in and designed to keep them connected to them. Oh, and then they want another game and then another game. Yeah, exactly. You know, then their capacity to be in the moment you know, although they're concentrating, but then they want to go to the next one and the next one, like, you know, so, you know, there is that, what's that saying, you know, that, that obviously, you know, give me the child to the age of seven and I'll create the adult. I mean, our kids are seven and I can see it. Yeah. So what we do now is I put on um, meditation music when they go to sleep at night. Um, I have recordings. I have sleep stories that I've made for, because part of my children's program is for autistic children, Asperger's, you know, children who have fear about change. And, you know, is that, you know, we want our children to be very emotionally resilient. Um, and so we often, um, for example, one of my friends, she um, was, her, she had two dogs, has two dogs and she was traveling and her dog said her just three days before, so we can't look after the dog. <clears throat> so we actually moved in for two weeks to help her with the dog situation. And they loved it because it was a change. It was different. Sure. They're ready to come home. But I think we've got to keep putting our children in, positive, safe, new environments so that they don't, they don't become rigid with their thinking. Yeah, I agree with that completely. Now, in the intro, I mentioned that you have not only your, your program, your course, Drink Less, uh, but you also have a new book. And what is the name of your book? The book is called Drink Less in Seven Days. So the book so has the same um, name. Yeah. So the online digital program is called Seven Days to Drink Less. But the book is called Drink Less in Seven oh, Days. Oh, not quite the same name. <laughs> yeah, it's the same. Yeah, right. Some people do get confused. So so really the book, you can get it on, on Amazon. Okay. It's a program in itself. The online digital program has more content. Mm-hmm. But the book, if people want to understand more about the psychology, the inner critic, the pleaser, the perfectionist, how the mind works, there are recordings, hypnosis recordings you can download. You can go into my membership site at the back of the book and start the program straight away. Whichever works for people is great. You know, this is 
something that I feel very passionate about because there are people out there suffering, don't want to quit, don't need to go to group meetings, don't need to go into long-term therapy. You know, we know that the brain can change its emotional conditioning very quickly through hypnosis. And that's what the program is about. Right. The brain can definitely change. So don't be thinking it can't. Don't be thinking you're stuck in this one place. Georgia, it's been really great talking with you and and Mindful Tribe. Go to georgiafoster.com and check out the website and, and check out Seven Days to Drink Less and the book Drink Less in Seven Days. Did I get that right, Georgia? Perfect. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Georgia, it's been great meeting you and it's been great having you on Mindfulness Mode. Well, thank you for having me. My pleasure. Any questions, let me know. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much. Bye now. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, if you're thinking about launching your own podcast, it is a great way to communicate with the world, Mindful Tribe, and to put your ideas out there. And it's something you can do from your own home too, with little setup or expense. And uh, like I was saying before, Podbean's a great place to host your podcast, at only $9 a month and uh, you can help Mindfulness Mode and you can get a a free month of hosting with my affiliate link. So go to podbean.com slash podbeanmm.com.